Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. I see you, salon owner. You're a salon owner, but more importantly, a mother maybe a father trying to balance the juggle between spending too much time at work away from the kids and not having enough time to do all the things that you want to do in your business. Your salon isn't growing because let's face it, you barely have enough time in your day to touch your to-do list, let alone work on moving the needle inside of your business. It feels like you're stuck extinguishing fires all day long. And when you do get the space to work on these things, you feel like Maybe mum guilt creeps in and planning the next big thing gets replaced with football finals for your children's team. It's always either I'm not a good enough mother or I'm not a good enough business owner and you're left wondering if you'll ever be able to be successful at both. Can you run a successful business and have the perfect family and be the best partner, the best friend? Is it even possible to master the art of having it all? Well, in this episode, I want to introduce you to Kerry and Ashley accidental best friends and the hosts of Montourage podcast. Now, Kerry and Ashley, both mothers and successful entrepreneurs who have experienced the challenges that motherhood brings when you're trying to chase your career dreams. So in this episode, you'll find out the one secret strategy to keep busy salon owners like you sane as they juggle the business world and your journey as a mother. So let's get real. Let's meet Ashley and Carrie. Ashley, Carrie, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. I'm very pleased to have you here. Thank you thank for you. having us. Well, look, let's start with uh, who are you guys? Where do you live? How did you get to be doing what you're doing? Tell us, give us a bit of a bird's eye view into life with Ashley and Carrie. I'll take the first part. You take the second part, Care. Okay. Okay. So uh, my name is Ashley Heron Smith. Her name is Carrie Sotero. Uh, we are the hosts and business owners of Momtrage Podcast. We're, you know, like everyone else, trying to grow uh, this endeavor into others. And uh, we are just two moms that live in New Jersey in the United States. And, um, you know, we have collective backgrounds. We're actors. We've worked in production. Uh, what, what are what, we've done so many things? Hosts, writers, comedy, hosts. Like we separately, we've done a bunch of obviously basically everything. That's what in separately means, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and uh, then we came together for Montrage. You want to tell that story? Sure. Let's go right into it. So, um, <laughs> Ashley and I first met doing another podcast called Scary Mommy Speaks, and. Uh, they the the pitch of the show was two real life best friend moms who, you know, dish and talk about stuff. Uh, newsflash. We didn't know each other. We were cast <laughs> as real life best friends. Uh, long story short, they really did want real life best friends. They didn't like who Ashley brought. They didn't like who I brought. They didn't like our real life. <laughs> friends. They didn't like our real life friends. Yeah. And so they sw- flip flopped. And it was sort of like um. they didn't say we could never say, but they strongly urged us to keep up the best friend 
thing. Uh, but we didn't have to do that for long because on the photo shoot uh, ahead of recording, we hadn't even recorded anything yet, but like the promo photo shoot, um, I won Ashley over. She's kind of a no new friends <laughs> kind of person. And uh, I'm a, like, uh, let me spill everything about myself. And so after talking some real foul stuff to her on the photo shoot, I won her over and she decided that, you know, she could let in one real friend, one, one new friend. Um, and that's it. So we did that podcast for a little under a year. Uh, the company stopped doing podcasts altogether. We were like, what? This is so much fun. Like, and wait, we wait, but we wait. were really enjoying this. And yeah, we're now real friends. friends. <laughs> right. Um, and so after we cried uh, for a day. We cried for a day, went to Outback Steakhouse, which is ironic if you're in New Zealand, because nothing about this steakhouse is Outback. But we uh, Outback's Australian. I know New Zealand, Australian, but I'm just saying. Anyway, (laughs) never mind, guys. We went on the same, apparently. We went to Outback Steakhouse, uh, which in New York is rare. There are hardly any of them. Yes. And uh, we decided we would just pick up pick up our big girl pants and. Start after, a new thing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. After crying in our Chardonnays, we were like, nope, we can do this. And so now yep. we have Mom Taraj podcast and Most Talkative, which is a, a like a consulting company. I love it. All right. Well, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you here on the show today is this kind of uh, being in business and being a parent and a mother and trying to do all of the things. And so I really want to talk about that. How do we juggle that? Um, and how do we make the best of the situation that we find ourselves in? And I think as, as business owners, we're constantly outputting, we're putting out to others, we're putting out to our customers, we're putting out to our team, to, to each other, and we have to come home and we have to put out to our, I shouldn't use put out, should I? Uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know yes. what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, because when I got to the husband, I thought, I was like, I'm definitely well. not putting out every day. That <laughs> is no <so> sure. <laughs> No, nope. tell you that much. You, you know what I mean. We're giving. Yes. <laughs> We're giving to all the people. And so, how do we, how do we keep focused on ourselves? I know for me, after my kids got a little bit bigger and I launched my business, and then there was a little bit of space left for me, and I thought, I don't even know what I would do with it now. Like, what do I do with my? T- who who am I? Like, do, am I a gym person? I, I know how to be a business person, and I know how to be a uh, a mother. What else? What, what's your take on this? Well, first of all, I like that you said there was some space in between because good for you, because lots of times there's there's no space in between. You're just this one person. You're the other person. There's no contemplating when yep. is there time for me. You're just catching up to all the time you didn't have for you. But um, I don't think that's my kid. So you can't really have it all, guys. My kid is here <laughs> on the recording. Um, I think that one thing that Ashley and I talk about all the time, Luna is that you have to remember the human you were before you were a mom and not just just think that now you're in one lane and now you're that lane's over and you're in a different one. Yeah, Ash? I mean I think I think um speaking for myself but I also think it kind of speaks for Carrie is I kind of, you know, I Carrie had a very successful acting career um and and still does. She's she's does it gets a lot of work and I worked towards that for so long and never really got it so for me my life was very much about um okay this isn't working let me figure out another way to try and make this work out and you know when I had my son 
I right before while I was pregnant, I was still auditioning. I was working a temp job um, and just trying to figure out how to keep this dream, this goal alive while also pivoting into this next step of my life, which was motherhood. And, you know, after about four months of being at home with my son and, and getting used to this new role in my life, for me, it was very much like, whoa, who, who am I? Like, who is this person? I don't know who this person is. Also, and, you look in the mirror and you don't look like the same person. So right. then you're like, well, wait a second. In my mind, I'm this 20-year-old woman who looks this way and feels this way. And now I and now when I look and see, I'm like, no, no, I'm a very different that? person. So <laughs> rec- kind of sort of reconciling how you feel inside, the way you look on the outside, how you feel on the how you think you should feel. It's just you you lose yourself. And for me, I looked in the mirror and I was like, this does not look like, what is that quote? This is not my beautiful wife. This is not my beautiful house. This is not, I just, everything looked different. Yeah. Um, and, and so I me- it was a journey to find the old me or else I was going to be very depressed. Yeah. For me, it was very much like, okay, this thing that I was pursuing, I'm not willing to give that up, but I am willing to find a new way to make this work for me. And that's what I did. That's really what really started this path, which ended up with the other podcasts and then mom Taraj and most talkative. And it's all these things coming together that, you know, really goes back to what we were saying as a, is a key mom pillar, which is you are a person with your Mm -hmm. own goals and your own aspirations. And at some point, no matter how many kids you have, you know, I have a sister-in-law who's about to have her fifth child at some point you have to, at some point, you're not going to keep having kids and you're going to have to face who that person is or like what, what happens person wants and or when and, your kid goes to college. Exactly. And that child is going to you're at some point you will be home alone and those kids will not be there. Who are you? And if you want to wait until that point, that's fine. Like no judgment. You do you. That just wasn't the choice I made for my life. And, um, you know, Carrie and I really hope that mom Taraj encourages women to nurture that person inside of them, as opposed to just nurturing everybody else. And we do it in a serious way. And we do it also in a very frivolous, not so serious way because yeah. we're complex people. That's sometimes. Who we are. Yeah. That's who we are. Yeah, for sure. I remember having this distinct thought that if my entire life was dedicated to the success or the outcome of my children and then their lives were dedicated to completely to you know the growth and the development and the success of their children and that went on for generation after generation I thought which generation is going to live the live a life for themselves like what's the purpose we have to fight for something that's ours while we also give to the next generation and And I think it was Kids do just what the parents do. And so you, it has to start with you. That's right. And when I said before, it was interesting you picked up on that. When I found a little bit of space, I feel like I fought for that space. Like I fought tooth and nail to get that space. So I feel like you've got to, you've got to create it. You've got to find it. And it's in that empty space that maybe that's what we're afraid of. The empty space, because Mm -hmm. it's so busy. Uh, Finding space when you don't know what to fill it with is super hard. 
Or yeah. that you have to look at your own emptiness. Ooh, sorry or- to go so deep there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's scary to do something for yourself. It's scary to pursue something that in your own head or maybe you've grown up hearing you can't do that. You know, whatever whatever that hurdle is for you. For example, for me, I I had very encouraging parents who were always like, you can do this. You can do anything like don't stop. Don't give up. I know Carrie was the same with her mom, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still a challenge to then say like, well, I have this other thing going on in life and now I need to find a way to make that time for myself. But you do it. If it is important to you, you will find a way. Yes. And also women are hard on each other, sadly. And so yeah. sometimes there's been so much ingrained that if you don't make your child the center of your universe, then you're not a good parent. Mm-hmm. I think that narrative is changing, but there's still that kind of feeling of like, what are they going to say if I just decide I don't want to breastfeed at all? Or yep. what if like all these, you know, judgments or what if I choose sleep or get a, or a nanny, a night nurse or whatever it is? Like, what, what if I choose say? to only have one kid, which is something right. you and I have both chosen and people have a lot of comments about. But listen, I also talk a lot of shit on parents who have a zillion kids because I'm like, <laughs> at what point do you stop? You know, we all have our preconceived uh, judgments and things and it's just inescapable but women are very very listen everyone's hard on women women are hard on women men are hard on women everyone is hard on women hey i just wanted to pop in to tell you something don't worry we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second now if this sounds like you listen up you have a team you love your team but You're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here ways to serve your clients make more because everybody wins the team the client and of course you the business owner now if you want to find out more just dm me uh, and let's chat i'll make a plan for you i'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode all right let's get back to the episode yeah let's talk a little bit about trying to do all of the things have the business have the perfect children, uh, take them to five ballet lessons a day and, you know, just all of the things. <laughs> um, I, I, I wonder whether sometimes we can get in a bit of a cycle of I want to do it all, I have to do it all, or I feel the pressure to do it all. Um, does it actually bring us more happiness? Ashley, what's the point you all? say? I, I said that you can have it all, but it's not going to all be great. Uh, you know, like I, I feel like, I do have it all to some extent, right? Like I have the child that I love tremendously. I have a career that is doing really well. I have a business partner that I actually really, really like, and we actually work really well together, which let me tell you, that's uh, the hardest hurdle, I think. I have a a loving, supporting, good-looking husband that I really Stop bragging. Just kidding. (laughs) No, but I just, in this sense... I re- I have parents who love me. I have a house over my head. I can afford to eat. 
But is my kid sometimes a shithead? 100% is my husband sometimes a dick. And sometimes we don't have time to like invest in our relationship because we're both busy with work or our kid or whatever. Yes. Am, am I sometimes awful? Totally. Do Carrie and I sometimes argue? Yes. Does our business continue to go on an upward trajectory with no hiccups? Absolutely not. So that's the point. You can, you can have it all. I'm not saying everyone does, but I'm saying it is possible, but it still isn't going to be rainbows. It still isn't going to be rainbows and puppy smiles. And that's the truth. Not everything is always going to, and you know what? Sometimes there's going to be move or sometimes there's going to be divorce or sometimes there's going to be a death or sometimes I don't know how um, taxes work in New Zealand. Sometimes the IRS is going to tell you, you owe them $10,000 that you just can't pay. These things are going to happen. Um, My main thing is you there. I only have so many I, I coins was the only word I could think of, but I only have, an, have so many coins, right? It's like a video game. And there's five or six different buckets that you could put the coins in. The coins stay the same. Sometimes the number of them, sometimes one bucket will be very full. Sometimes it'll be split evenly, but not to the fullest capacity. That's kind of where I'm at. Like the weeks that I really feel like I'm killing it with our business which has been at this week, frankly, then everything else is terrible. Like me completely ignoring my child and letting her wipe her boogers on the back of my sweatshirt as I try to record. Um, So the, her bucket is a little empty, unfortunately. Now I try not to let any one bucket be too empty for too long. That's the thing because the self-care bucket, the doing something for me, the doing something for my passion, the getting to that, losing that 20 pounds or that hobby that you always wanted. That bucket is always the one that doesn't, that is the least to get filled. So the key is to have like a little reminder that's like, the buckets, the game is the buckets can't be completely empty for too long. Yeah. So, you know, it's and then it's you got to like see game. where it is. <laughs> it's that game you see on a, on a Instagram or TikTok with targeted ads where it's like the different color sand and you have to get them all into the same. Bottle. Oh, yeah. Or like, make the guy. Yeah, right. It's 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 juggling. It's juggling. And and, you know, I don't like telling people that it's not possible because it is possible. It's just it's not going to be perfect. Nothing is. And it won't stay the same because I feel like sometimes you've got five buckets and sometimes you've got seven. Right. Sometimes you've got nine and then you go back to three. Yeah. Um, right. So, but you've got the same amount of coins. I same really like points. that. Yeah. Same amount so of points. It is juggling the sand and the coins for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I love that analogy. Some, sometimes things don't go to plan and we have to change our plans. I want to talk a little bit about giving ourselves permission or knowing, what's that song? Knowing when to hold them and knowing when to let them go. Because sometimes you've Mm -hmm. worked so hard for something and then to let it go and realize that that's not the path or that's not actually how it's going to be and it's going to be something else. I think you guys have some experience in this. I mean, and another example of that is, you know, like I said earlier, I had been working towards acting for so long and in my mind it was this glorified dream of what my life could be like and I started to get acting roles and I remember one role was I played um in a feature a indie feature I played like a beach a bikini chick and I was like this this is what I went to acting school for this is what I've paid 
so much money in headshots and haircuts and this and that and the other is to be some bikini chick in a bathtub with some guy. This isn't what I want to do with my, this is not what I romanticized as a child, you know, and it it came to a point where I really had to reevaluate what I wanted to do. And that's where I pivoted. I realized that the thing that I really loved was being in that world, but it wasn't necessarily in that way. I love hosting. I love being myself and being able to talk and have a normal conversation as myself. And I think I offer good insight. So that's where, you know, having my son really triggered pivoting into pursuing a hosting career. And honestly, that's where things have done the best. Yeah. I think this, uh, for salon owners in particular, this happens often when we start a family and we have this other family, our salon and our team, and um, and it kind of starts to not work together or it gets harder beyond that that moment of like, oh, no, this is, you know, I, and it's not that I don't love the two things, but it's not working. I'm the one that's not happy. And yep. there's this real guilt around stepping away or changing or all of, like you said, all of this time you've invested to become this person. And, and money. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it's it also becomes a bit of your identity, right? And how do you suddenly go? Oh no, that doesn't make me happy anymore, or it's not what I thought it was going to be. And be brave enough to switch and pivot. Pivot. Um, any thoughts on kind of making that decision? I mean, for me, no. Because here's the honest truth. Um, <laughs> Getting myself out of uncomfortable, tell, realizing I no longer want to be in a situation and exiting is not that difficult for me personally. And I, I, that sounds easy. It's also horrifying that I can say that a little bit, you know, like, <laughs> like. I'm not going to say I don't face guilt or scared feelings or anything, but once I've kind of made a decision that I no longer want to do something, I kind of just make myself I I you know do a good Irish exit and it's and and that's how it's been but I do think I would urge people to always remember that you have one life to live there is one opportunity to do exactly what you want in life and if you're accomplishing what you thought you wanted and it is no longer giving you the feeling you wanted from it and you needed from it and why you chased it, then it's not the right thing for you. You have to, it doesn't matter. I mean, maybe this is years of therapy and, you know, working out codependency issues, but (laughs) it's your life. And if you're not happy, you're the only one that has the power to change it. No other situation is going to make it the right no other variable in the situation is going to make it right for you. That's up to you. Yeah. And uh, judges will judge regardless of what you do. So you might as well please yourself. Oh my goodness. If you're worried about people judging, oof, don't like, and that's so much easier said than done. We all worry about being judged and we all worry about what other people are going to think. It's, And that's never going to go away. Uh, My mom does, no one in my family does anything close to what I do. And my mom had to give a um, 
a presentation the other day and she was like, well, how do you get over being scared talking in front of people? And I was like, you don't like I still get scared talking in front of people. Now it's more of a muscle memory thing where I'm a little more accustomed to it. But you don't it never. And that's fear of judgment never goes away. It's just learning skills to get yourself past it and saying, I can't change them. All I can do is do what I need to do. There's a really good Brene Brown thing, and I don't know that it's regularly accessible. My therapist played it for me, but it makes this comparison to um, being on a stage in a stadium. Does this ring true to anybody? Because I, I, I don't even know how to tell your audience to look it up, but it's basically there are cheap seats. There are box seats. There are your the seats for your biggest fans, and they all have different roles. And what is... What is going to be, where should your attention be in those seats? Do you, do you pay attention to the haters who bought the cheap seats all the way in the back who are booing you? Or do you look at the people that are your support system that are right there in the front? Or do you look at the box seats that are the executives, the CEOs that pay for the venue and paid advertising and all, you know, it's, it's. I really urge people to listen to that because whenever I really feel scared of judgment, I go back to that comparison and it really does. Um, it really, it makes something really click inside of me. Yeah. I love that because it's saying like the audience isn't going away. The cheap seats right. are still there. The haters are still there. It's yep. just where you choose to uh, spend your focus time your and where you yep. focus your attention. So yep. I love that. I've always just valued how I feel more than these other things, these, these titles or the money or whatever. I've just always been like that. And so bravery isn't, is, isn't really the thing. There's no other option. I can't live in a state of sadness if I can control it. Like I just can't. So it's just not an option. So it's not brave. It's just like, "Mm, I can't do it any other way. But um, I think that part of that is, you know, if you're not happy and then you try something else and then maybe you're not happy with that thing you try and then you try, whether that's like dating different people or a job or whatever it is, you know, um, all of the things you've done up until then, all the trials, all the things that you had to try before you realized it didn't make you happy, all of those things, just you sort of have to trust that at some point, if you keep searching, don't get discouraged, that someday there'll be something and surprisingly enough, you won't have to, you know, bifurcate yourself in all these different ways. You will be integrated in all the things that you have done, all the failures or not failures or whatever, all culminate in this one thing. And so all those misses in the middle were important. Yeah. I just sent you a, I'm sorry. I just sent you a link about that is a blog about somebody talking about it. It's called the Vulner- vulnerability theater um, is the Brene Brown comparison. So that may help some things click for some people. Yeah. Amazing. I'll pop that in the show notes of this episode. That's super useful. You may found so- find something better. I was just trying to find you something quick so you could yeah. do whatever you needed. No, that's great. Um, now, before uh, we work towards wrapping up, I want to just for a moment talk or, or just can you share with us What's the day in the life of Ashley and Kerry look like? What is what is what is life for you guys? I feel like you've got lots of things on the juggle. What's a typical? Well, let's go a week. What's a typical week for you guys in terms of business, podcasting, mummying? 
Carrie, do you want to start? Uh, I can tell you there's no consistency. There's not. At consistency. At all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're working for it with our kids being in school more regularly. We, you know, we have COVID kids. Our kids are young. It's been a confusing time for everybody. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're working towards having our kids actually in a school full time <laughs> so that we can have a steady schedule. We'll see if that happens. But, um, you know, we usually record and write uh an episode at least once a week. Sometimes we batch ahead. So there's that part of our time spent recording together. And then uh, like 1 million texts and phone calls on the toilet happens. That's a large part of our <laughs> work week, just brainstorming and working on we, schedule stuff. We also don't have anybody working for us except for an editor. Um, so all of our admin work is done by us. All of our emailing is done by us. Our booking, everything is our PR, everything, everything, every single aspect other than editing. And even that sometimes Carrie has to manage is done by us. And so it's really I mean, I feel like my week basically consists of trying to get work done while my child's not around. And then when he's around trying to fit in all the other things like grocery shopping or doctor's appointments or taking him to whatever kind of activity he has, uh, making dinner, you know? Um, and then by the time that all happens, I have no interest in a social life. Ashley and I, I think a strength of ours is we are good delegators to each other. We know each other's yeah. strengths. We know each other's weaknesses. And so we really tried to delegate certain tasks. Of course, we can take over for each other, you know, but we really try to delegate the things that we like best and we're best at. And so, you know, one person's more the admin person and the other person's the more tech person and this, whatever, whatever. And so um, it helps split it up. I wish we were doing more work in the same place at the same time, because when we do that, when we manage to meet up in person, we get what would normally take us like two days, three days worth of work done in a very short period of time. Maybe in the fall when our kids start going back to school, maybe we do like have office hours come over. Yeah. yeah. We have office hours like once or twice a week and we can switch off or like you heard it here, people. We just yeah. discovered yeah. this plan <laughs> and idea. Yeah. But we just we just get so much more done. It would be like the what is it? The three day work week. It's that we could get so much more done if we were physically in the same place. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just like we talked about the the coins in the bucket, like doing all the family stuff and then whatever's left over, you know, you try to either hang out socially and we can go grab a drink somewhere or, you know, spend more time with the See husband families, or whatever it is. Like yeah. Outside families, extended families. All, yeah. It's, it's really just like work, manage our children and then scramble to get everything else in there. And we're, like we've been launching else. and we've been launching a second business on top of the podcast. And so then now we're like, whatever time we have left, now we have to prioritize it more. But before it was like, whatever time we have left, then we work on that second project or whatever right. it is. Plus like Ashley and I still, I teach yoga as well. Still Ashley do does freelance work. So, freelance work. So we also have yet another job. That's not a momtourage job that we're each doing at least one, if not two separately. Yeah. Amazing. I am. Um, that was really interesting because my next question was, what's the secret to working together in a partnership? Because uh, often my uh, salon owners are in partnerships and, you know, like you, I think you mentioned, Ashley, 
they can, you know, it's, it's a miracle sometimes when they work really well. So what's the one secret, do you think, to a good working partnership? I always Boundaries say that. Boundaries and honesty. Yes. But Sorry. I was going to say, but I, I always say that our... I think what made it work is because it was almost like a business arrangement at first. Right. So for Uh instance, we were, we were cast as best friends. So I was like, okay, in order to make this believable, let's set some, let's, let's say these are the rules to our new friendship. Right. And then when we started our own thing together, we had already set up those rules. Like it was a business contract. So by the time real feelings were involved, that ickiness had already been taken care of before yeah. we got more deeply embroiled. So one, yes, honesty and boundaries for sure. But two, if you can start it in kind of a businessy way before all the entanglements, sometimes you can't, sometimes you just can't, but right. it did help us be clear, yeah. very clear at first. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. I think that's really important. Um, some kind of working relationship contract yeah of some description yeah. all right what 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 would you say is um a quote or a mantra or something that both of you keeps you centered grounded moving forward that you can share with other business owners mine is ever tried ever failed no matter try again fail again fail better and that's samuel mm-hmm. beckett the uh the writer samuel beckett the irish writer um, yeah, I just love it. I, I have, I've since bastardized it. Sorry, Samuel. Um, to just like, it's like a win light. It's not a full win. It's a mm-hmm. win light so that I reframe it for myself that it's not a failure at all. Actually. It's just like win light. It's a step less towards calories and the some, full win. Yeah. 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 It's a step towards the future win. You're yeah, on the way exactly. Yeah. yeah. I and so funny. I always, that's, that reminds me to just keep trying and not to, you know, get discouraged if, if, if it's not winning and if it's not a win, you know, I think mine is, I don't have an exact quote, but, um, my husband has always said to me, it, it, it not to me specifically, just about a lot of different people, it, you know, I, I, let me back up. My parents always taught me to just always go after what you want. And they always did. So I I have that and kind of building on that concept. My husband has always said, can you imagine where X, Y, Z would be if they had just kept at it for five years? And he uses Bill Simmons a lot as um, an example of that. For those of you who don't know who Bill Simmons is, because I didn't. I I guess he used to be. I I may botch this bio so no one hold it against me. But um, he's American. And I think he used to be like um, on ESPN or some kind of like sports journalist of some kind. And he basically went off and did his own podcast oh no it started with a blog he did his own blog he got fired or some his con- some kind of contract issue and he just started a blog and now he is like he's like a joe rogan in that please lower your voice in that <laughs> um not at all in similar views but in that he's been at podcasting for so long he's at the top of the game and it's just if you just keep at it for five years just imagine where you'd be. And I think about all the harebrained ideas I've had of trying to make my career go off and all the, I'm very much a self-starter. I've started a lot of things for myself to get to a certain place. Had I kept those going for five years, 
imagine where it would be. And now I'm at a point where I would say with hosting, it finally is the thing I can say, wow, five years ago, I started this thing and look at where it's taken me and look at the success that I've seen from it, which is Momtourage, which now is most talkative as well. And I think that that's pretty incredible. And then I would just say our together mantra is that showbiz baby. Oh, yeah. Which just sure. reminds us that this is the business. For him. That's, yeah. that's showbiz baby. Yep. So it, we, that's the montage. Motto. It works for everything. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Drop, drop your it. Starbucks that you just paid eight dollars for on the that's floor. Showbiz, that's showbiz baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where can we find your podcast? Where can we stalk you and all of the things? Oh, you can find everything at momtouragepodcast.com. Um, all of our social handles are at Momtourage Podcast. Uh, you can find out more information if you're looking to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you want uh, somebody to consult. Help or revamp something it, you already have. Or just start one. Whatever phase you're in in your podcast journey, we do that as well. That's called Most Talkative. You will be able to, you can find that at momtouragepodcast.com as well. Personally, my information is uh, at Ash Heron Smith on all socials. And I'm at Carrie Sotero on all socials. Amazing. It's been so great hanging out with you this morning. I really appreciate it. We've all had our children come and visit us at some point. In- oh, my God. <laughs> Mine that was, was the very, worst. That was very uh, on topic, I thought. She <laughs> knocked is- my whole she knocked my whole podcast <laughs> chamber down and then got stuck in it. I was like, oh, God. Mine is literally playing with reusable wrinkle smoothers right now. So that's where we're at. <laughs> I love it. It's been great hanging out. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us. <laughs> well, that was an epic episode. Thank you so much, Kerry and Ashley, for joining me on the podcast. I certainly appreciate you taking the time from your busy schedules and live chats <laughs> i hope you listening managed to connect with the honest and real conversations that we were having sometimes all you need is the reassurance that you aren't alone business ownership and motherhood can be super lonely as having a, and having a community or a support system around you to rely on is super crucial so speaking of community i would love for you to come and join me in the profitable and successful salon owners facebook group inside you'll get insight into my seller mastery program for free and get access to exclusive strategies and done for you templates that I don't share anywhere else not only that but you can directly chat with me one-on-one and all of my other seller mastery success coaches so if you have any questions then this is the place to have them answered I'm going to leave the link to join the group in the show notes of this episode otherwise I'll catch you same time same place next week on the podcast Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.